Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Joining us right now, Jeff Gibbs and Ozzy Zenner. Jeff is the director and Ozzy is the producer of Planet of the Humans. Guys, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. So um, the live uh, virtual event, we'll get to the details on that. Basically, both of you are involved. Uh, talk a bit about this film, Planet of the Humans. It is back on YouTube. People can watch it there. It was down for a while. For people that don't know the story here, tell us a bit about it. Jeff, go ahead. Well, yeah, we um, we released it on the anniversary of birthday um, because, first of all, Mother Nature had sent us to our timeout rooms um, to think about things with the pandemic. And it just seemed like the right time because after 50 years, we hadn't made much progress. So within weeks, we were getting millions of views. Um, but within days... A uh, well-organized small group decided to, to go after the film, and uh, a spurious copyright claim was filed with YouTube that unfortunately just took a, a couple weeks to clear up. Uh, it was dropped, and uh, we were back in business. You're back on YouTube, and as you mentioned, millions and millions of, uh, of hits here. Uh, Jeff, I'll get to you, Ozzy. Just stand by, but Jeff, tell everybody a bit about the film. What's the premise here? Uh, it just follows my story where I started out as an environmentalist worried about the state of the planet and wondering what's keeping us from making a real plan to save ourselves. You know, why are, why are we not taking this seriously? And I discovered to my surprise that our belief that green energy would save us. Uh, first of all, it's not going to save us. It's not green in the way that we think of it. Um, but that that kind of illusion was, was making us kind of feel like, oh, problem solved. We can go on to the next thing. Um, so... That's, it's really the story of what I found out when I took a deep dive as an environmentalist into whether these things were really green. And, Ozzy, how did you get involved in the project? Michael Moore is the executive producer. You're a producer. Tell us about your involvement here. It started out with an interview uh, of my book, Green Illusions. Uh, Jeff interviewed me for the film, and we started talking after that and just continued talking from that point forward, started working together. It was uh, it was a, it was a great uh trip along the way i could tell you that obviously the film uh goes into the problems are there answers solutions in in the film as well uh ozzy well i think what we found is part of our yearning for solutions is is actually part of how we got into the predicament we don't know the answers but we can offer our evaluation uh which we think is our best hope and um that's the the first step uh, is just seeing the pers- taking a different perspective, and I think that's why this film has had such an unprecedented audience. Yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that, Ozzy. I'll stick with you on this. It's on YouTube. Uh, the decision to go that route as opposed to many others that you could have gone with this film. We planned a theatrical release uh, broadly, and it just after all the theaters shut down, it just seemed like that was the right time uh, to release the film. It, it was, it, we really just didn't want to wait. Uh, and so we mobilized uh, everything and got it on uh, streaming pretty quickly. Uh, we were really impressed by the number of people that got a chance to see it so far. And uh, uh, we'll see where it takes us from there. You know, Jeff, maybe more people have seen it this way. 
Uh, I think that's true. And, you know, the um, it's a big world out there, but, you know, 10 million people were around 10 million to YouTube views and there's other places where, where it's up. Um, but yeah, I think it's an, ex- it was a bold experiment to see uh, how people react. And it's been overwhelming. We thought maybe we'd get a couple million, you know, in a couple years. Um, but so that's kind of why it's remained up on YouTube. It's just, you know, we're going to be, you know, it's going to be available other places, but right now um, it's hard to stop the momentum. Even this last weekend, we were getting a couple thousand people watching at once. Hmm. And uh, Jeff, now you and Ozzy are, are going to be a part of this uh, live virtual event, basically a Q&A session. Tell us a bit about it, and then we'll uh, tell people how they can uh, make sure they're taking part in it. Yeah, uh, basically we're going to be going and showing some scenes that are not in the film and going to take a deeper dive into a few things and um, react to some of the criticism uh, and have a few surprises. But then, uh, you know, at least half of the time will be spent answering questions uh, from local um, audiences, whether it's uh, students, faculty, um, you know, teachers, parents, uh, citizens. Um, It's basically to have a discussion that we couldn't have because we're not in theaters, except it will be virtually. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ozzy, like here's this film that was planned for theaters on YouTube, and and now you're you know doing a tour virtually. I mean, you guys, it seems like you've got it all figured out here. <laughs> I wish we did have it all figured out. You know, <laughs> every company and organization now it seems wants to be green, and it's it's hard to figure out what really matters. And Planet of the Humans does kind of cut to the core. And it's a, it's a true story that reveals how we've been duped by much of what we thought was green. And in that hope, the, the film rediscovers our, our movement's principles. And that's really why we made it. Well, uh, guys, congratulations. Jeff, how, how can people make sure they're part of the virtual event? Um, well, they can go to planetofthehumans.com, and, um, you know, we'll have links to all you need there. And the, the Winnipeg event is on uh, October 28th and uh and i just want to be clear you know we're environmentalists we're asking questions and i don't think that you know fossil fuels aren't the answer nuclear is not the answer green energy is not the answer the answer lies within coming to grips with the fact that we humans may be hitting limits and so we'll be talking more about all those things you know um during the, the tour excellent All right, so uh, the city of Winnipeg, it's called the Winnipeg Road Safety Strategic Action Plan. Uh, I want to play the audio from the video, and then we're going to talk about it. Take a listen. Road safety impacts everyone, and we all play a role in making roads safer for all road users. The city of Winnipeg is developing a strategic action plan that will define our role for the next five years and beyond. This plan will determine how we can prevent fatalities and major injuries on Winnipeg roads. To get started, we're collecting and analyzing data and information that will define the current state of road safety in Winnipeg. We're identifying focus areas that will guide our planning and investment. We're strategizing and committing to actions that will make an impact on Winnipeg roads. Our diverse team is looking at safety through the lenses of planning, infrastructure, enforcement, and education. We want to learn about how you view road safety too. 
Our final action plan will be driven by both data and public and stakeholder feedback. Your feedback plays an important role. Get involved. Visit winnipeg.ca slash road safety plan to learn more. All right, and to uh, talk more about the Winnipeg Road Safety Strategic Action Plan, Rebecca Paterniak, Community Traffic Engineer at the City of Winnipeg. Rebecca, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So we got a bit of information there. Uh, tell us why. Why are you doing this? Why is it important? Yeah, well, road safety is a priority for the city of Winnipeg, and so we're really excited about the recent launch of this project. Um, We need a road safety strategic action plan for a few reasons. Firstly, having a plan that outlines focus areas and prioritizes actions is going to allow us to make more informed decisions about really where and how to invest the limited resources that we have so that we can get the greatest benefit from that investment. Um, And secondly, by developing this plan, we're really engaging in conversations with Winnipeggers about road safety and everyone has a role to play. So starting that dialogue around road safety with Winnipeggers and with our stakeholders is going to allow us to address it collaboratively and from a multidisciplinary perspective. I like it. I, I'll tell you what, uh, I have accused the city in the past of not planning when more planning should have been happening. So I, I like the idea that we're planning. And I love the idea that you're going to the public, that you want to hear from Winnipeggers on this. So how can they have a voice in this process, Rebecca? Yeah, we definitely want to hear from Winnipeggers and make sure that their voice is heard and that, you know, hopefully they'll see themselves and their ideas reflected in the end product and eventually in the solutions that are implemented. So during this phase of the project, we're in the first phase, we're asking Winnipeggers to share their perspectives of road safety, their experiences, and even ideas for how we can improve Winnipeg's roads. So there's lots of ways to get involved. Um, On our website, which is winnipeg.ca slash road safety plan, you can take an online survey, which will be open until the end of September. There's also a mapping tool on the website that you can drop a pin, leave a comment and identify, you know, specific areas within the city that you have safety concerns. You're welcome to attend one of our road safety pop-up events that are happening this month. So we have four events in total. Um, Three more to come. We had one this past weekend. Tonight we'll be at the Broadway Neighborhood Centre, which is on Young Street from 4 to 6 p.m., talking to people about road safety. Uh, And Wrench will be there, too, to offer bike tune-up. So if you're free tonight, Mm -hmm. you can ride your bike down, uh, get a tune-up, and talk to us about road safety. Uh, If any of those in-person events don't work for you, too, we're having two virtual engagement sessions later in September, on September 22nd and September 24th. So those are Zoom webinars that you can register for on the website uh, and attend to learn more about the project and give us some feedback. And then finally, also on the website, we have a discussion kit. So... um, Winnipeggers can download the discussion kit and if they want, hold their own meeting with their family, friends, or perhaps a community group where they can talk about road safety and then share their their feedback with the project team afterwards. So in that discussion kit, there's even a a coloring sheet uh, for kids to get them involved in the conversation too. 
Good. Well, that's great. And I, and I would encourage people, listen, you know, we, we talk about situations and not necessarily road safety, but we talk about situations and we get text messages and emails and phone calls, people complaining. Here is your chance to be a part of the process. So you don't, hopefully you don't complain after the fact you're a part of the process now. And, and I guess the other thing I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, is that this will probably be a really, I would hope, an efficient way of doing this because depending on situations and people that live in a certain neighborhood know better than anybody else uh, uh, what might be a, a normal safety uh, situation maybe it doesn't work the best in that particular you know area and so by people in the area saying hey instead of this why don't we do this here's why that might work better i would imagine this is hopefully going to be a very efficient process as well I hope so, too. And, you know, that's why we're, we're looking at data like our collision data. But we also want input from the public because people have experiences with their road. They know their streets and we want to be able to incorporate those thoughts and those ideas and, and that feedback in the project as well. Excellent. Rebecca, thanks a lot for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. It's time for Cam's Creepy Corner. Cam Poitras, uh, my producer, we started this last weekend. Big hit. He's even on Twitter. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to check and see how many followers you have now, Cam. <laughs> We're at 19. I'll follow you, Oh, Cam. my goodness. Oh, wow. 20. Pistol Pete's going to give me a follow. Pistol Pete, Skylar Peters, is going to join as well uh, and follow Cam. All right. Um, by the, we should tell people what it is. It's uh, Creepy Corner Cam. Creepy Corner Cam on Twitter uh, if you want to follow along, because then the stuff that Cam's talk, talking about, photos and stuff, if they're involved, uh, you can see them on uh, on Twitter. All right. Uh, first headline here, Cam. <clears throat> An American senator says UFOs could pose a threat to national security. So, yeah, how we've seen more and more of this come out, particularly it seems like it's like the last six months while everyone's kind of focusing on, on the pandemic, this stuff has been kind of leaking out a little bit here and there. Uh, Florida Florida Senator Marco Rubio, you know, he came out in a recent interview and he said UFOs could pose a threat to national security. Now, it, it, this this all comes after a release in last July. I think it was astrophysicist Eric Davis. He briefed a Department of Defense agency that off-world vehicles were discovered by Pentagon uh, officials that are not of this world. Here's Marco Rubio's comments. Yeah, I mean, when people talk about that, that topic, it's always, you know, I think we're talking about space aliens or something like that. I mean, for me, it has nothing to do with any of that. Um, it has to do with a very simple fact, and that is that there are things flying over our military installations, and the military doesn't know what they are. And so anytime you have things flying over a military installation and you don't know what they are, that immediately raises issues of counterintelligence and that immediately raises issues of national security. And so my view of it is that we have something that that we need to know the answer to. Uh, the American public deserve to know as much as possible about it. And we shouldn't allow the stigma associated with the term UFO uh, to keep us from trying to answer that question. At the end of the day, this, if, 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 if these are things that are potentially endangering our national security and, and, and could cause an accident, you know, in terms of crashing into something that's up there. So I don't know what they are, and that's the problem. They don't either. So we need to have an answer to it, and the American public deserves to know. And we can't let the stigma of UFOs and, and space alien stuff keep us from answering that question. 
Yeah, that's a former Republican. Mm. Uh, well, he ran for president. Yeah, ran for president. That's what mm-hmm. But, you know, current right. Florida senator, Republican. Yeah. Marco Rubio there. Have you heard that? Did you hear that before, Hal? I, well, what I get, uh, here's what I found funny about that. He yeah. goes, well, you know, people say it's about UFOs and aliens and stuff. But in, in the end, at the end of the day, it's a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object. And, you know, so he kind of downplays the alien side, but then he says something's going on. And um, so, you know, hey, listen, um, you know, even past presidents there have been hints at times that past presidents and even current presidents might one day tell what they know say what they know about uh you know aliens and ufos and all that kind of stuff so, well, yeah trump had an interview with his son he was interviewed by i think it was donald trump jr and he said well you know we find some very interesting stuff i've seen some interesting things and but he wouldn't elaborate on there so kind right. of Exactly what yeah. you're talking about. But I, I'm waiting yeah. for the big dump. There's going to be a big info dump at some point here. Mm. Um, that's that's what I'm looking forward well, to. Well, see, we talked, about, we talked about it with Chris Rutkowski, our science yeah. writer friend, joined us. And, uh, you know, they've got this new Pentagon task force, mm. right, looking at it. So we'll see. All right. Next headline here for Cam's Creepy Corner. Uh, shadow figure filmed in Maine. Now, this is a crazy video. Make sure you go to my um, uh, my Twitter page, uh, Creepy Corner Cam, all one word, up to 24 followers now my goodness uh but this is a crazy video you have to check this out um uh i I shared it on the social media it's dash cam footage from a motorist in maine and it shows some sort of see-through shadow creature i'm not sure what else you could call it darting across the road and the, the crazy thing about it it's like it's a blur and it's translucent there's at no point can you not completely see through this sort of um, this sort of like blur. It sort of looks like kind of like a dog or a wolf or something, and it just zooms right across, uh, right across the the, the highway here. And and a, apparently the person who filmed this, um, they were they they were looking back because they they thought that they saw a deer, and they went back and they saw their dash cam footage, and all of a sudden this thing just kind of st- uh, stood out. This black translucent blur. I I, I tweeted out a, a picture of it attached to this on 680 CJOB on on Twitter. Uh, but uh, if you want to see the full video, uh, <laughs> make sure looking you- at it. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. I don't, I don't know, Cam. That's what do you think? What do you think? I don't know. There's something there, but I well, don't know I don't what know. it is. What it's is it? shadowy. I don't know. I don't is know. Is it the what... chupacabra? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's not a goat sucker. No. no. Maybe it's one of those. Maybe it's a, is it a mere wolf? Is that what they call oh, them? A mere wolf? It could be. I mean, the, what I looked into, it would say the anomaly. It's not that big, but it is very shadowy. Yeah. It's like, it's completely translucent. Like, I, if you watch the slowdown footage, there's like, at no point does it yeah. become completely solid but uh, first nation yeah, yeah, yeah first, i don't know that's first nation yeah, that's, you know animal spirits first nation legends and stuff like that who know. knows interesting who knows? it's an go interesting check it out yeah go check, check it out, it out. Let, let us know what you think it is all right um camera captures fast moving object with antenna Hurling, hur- hurtling behind astronauts. Yeah, this What's was this. Yeah, this was from the International Space Station. Uh, apparently, this was this were Russian astronauts, and, and again, you can see the video on the Twitter page, uh, Creepy Corner Cam. And there's like this. It's it's sort of it seems like it's rocketing out from uh, Earth. And it just it it's leaving the atmosphere at a, at a quick speed. And of course, the first thing you think, oh, there's a floating object around the Earth. It could be a satellite. Yeah, of course, it could be a satellite. Absolutely, that's definitely uh, a potential. But this one's really interesting, and it looks like it has kind of an antenna on it for whatever re- uh, for for whatever reason. I'm I'm not sure so sure, but it's interesting footage, and it kind of brings me back to. 
you know, uh, the Buzz Aldrin and his comments when they were on their first mission to the moon and, and, and they're right. on their ship. And you, you must have heard about that where there, yes. there's a, a weird object outside of the ship mm-hmm. and that sort of yep. thing. But I don't know. There's more of this stuff keeps coming out. And it seems like there's been a lot lately. I know you've talked to Chris Rutkowski about that, too. Well, and thank God for Cam's Creepy Corner, because we're going to deal with all of this stuff, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, yeah. every Wednesday after the 2.30 news. One more here. Tourist makes the seventh Loch Ness monster sighting so far in 2020. There have been seven already, eh? Yeah, seven Loch Ness monster sightings. Uh, this one was, the, these ones were snapped by a tourist. And, and again, it's sort of, he was looking back in his photos and he, he's thinking, what is this thing? Uh, and, and the other interesting one, who was the sixth sighting this year, uh, forestry worker Ross uh, McElhaney, he said he lived around Loch Ness, uh, Loch Ness his whole life, never believed in Nessie or anything like that. Uh, but he and his fellow firefighters were baffled by this sort of 12-foot-long creature that he photographed. And, of course, you can see it on the Twitter page. And it was going in and out of the water, in and out of the water, very classic uh, Nessie. Um, both pictures have been added to the official Loch Ness sightings register uh, as well. And uh, did you know that reports of the Loch Ness monster go all the way back to the year 565? Oh, yeah, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's my problem. And I'm, and I'm looking at this picture right now. Yeah. See, here's my problem. I, These I, pictures are always brutal. <laughs> they need you to have can't a perf- tell me one person. <laughs> Has had a half deep. I mean, uh, with Never. my new iPhone, I can take. I took a picture from a mile away of the groundhog in my yard, and it's amazing. I can see his <laughs> eyes. Yeah. I look at this thing, and it's what is it? It could be a tin can floating in the lake. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Nessie. That's that's a superpower. It makes all photos around it blurry. <laughs> Everything, yeah, <laughs> right. Everything looks like that's Loch Ness, you know. So, like, it's a very deep lock. I I think Loch Ness. The Loch Ness Monster is one of the most far-fetched of these sort of... Oh, um, really, eh? Yeah, I think it's one of the mm. more far-fetched out of them. But there's it goes real deep, and there's caves down there. I, I've seen uh, documentaries on, on the Loch Ness Monster, and it, it, there's all kinds of stuff uh, under there that they've never explored, and they've never seen under... It's a very, very deep lock, um, Loch Ness, so... Uh, Interesting, interesting stuff. I, I, I love this stuff anyway. So Me too. I yeah. do as well. I look forward to Wednesdays now, right after the 2.30 news. I, I look forward to Cam's Creepy Corner. Thank you, Cam. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.